0: It's great to be in the SEC. Thank you for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Warren. This is our week eight recap, week eight around the SEC highlights, takeaways, plus we're gonna play a little game. Don't forget, you can check out the accompanying article for this podcast on our website, secrecap.com slash articles. You can also find us on YouTube, we're available anywhere you prefer to chug your podcasts. Let's look at the results. Tennessee kept it in the family this weekend, knocking off UT Martin 65-24. to Alabama took the bark out of the Bulldogs, beating Mississippi State 32-6. Ole Miss getting exposed by LSU. They got shut out in the second half. And LSU cruised to a four-score win, 45-20 to 20 over the Rebels. Last week, my game of the week, the battle for the bottom of the SEC left Vandy anchored down as the definitive worst team in the SEC yet again. Mizzou came out on top there, 17-14. South Carolina poured gasoline on the dumpster fire. That is Texas A&M football. But the lame offense still looks like a chicken running around with its head cut off. South Carolina still won though, 30-24. to In the AP Top 25 this week, Georgia stays at number one. Tennessee holds its spot at number three. Alabama holds at number six and then Ole Miss is going to fall out of the top 10 back to the number 15 spot while LSU moves up. They weren't ranked earlier in the year. They dropped out after that loss against Tennessee, but they bounce back into the top 25 at number 18 coming in right behind them, number 19. And then just peeking in there right at the number 25 spot. South Carolina, first time they've been ranked in a while. Our standings in the SEC East, Georgia and Tennessee still on top there. Those teams undefeated both in conference and overall on the season. Followed by South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, and then Vanderbilt is going to round out the bottom in the East. Over in the West, Alabama. Back at number one, followed by LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, AM, and Arkansas. Look, this was another week with just a handful of games on the schedule. It doesn't leave us a lot to talk about in our normal huddle segment. Week seven through nine have several teams on buy. So in a crunch to kind of create some content, I've been brainstorming some alternative segments. Last week in the week seven recap, Um, I went through what I think were the most important games for each SEC team remaining on the schedule and the impacts those would have on each team's final season record. And that was kind of what I described as a meaningful segment. It had some substance to it, provide a little bit of insight, predict some possible outcomes, etc. But to hell with that this week. I came up with a new segment. Just for fun. This one's called Fluck, Mary Kill, and you know where this comes from. Hey, but before we get into that, if you've been listening uh, and following us on Twitter, thank you so much. You can also find us on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, smash that like and subscribe button. And if you're listening in audio form, if you're just listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't press the pause button. Don't press stop. Keep listening, and while you're listening, please go on to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those links are going to be in the description, and just give us a quick rating. Give us three stars, four stars, five stars, and leave us a review if you'd be so kind. It helps us grow our audience. It helps us grow the show, helps us reach more people, and as always, we're just grateful that you're even hanging in here listening. So without further ado, here is fuck. Mary kill in this segment. I'm going to take a look back at the five games from week eight uh, and look at each team's performance in that game. First up UT Martin at Tennessee. Now UT Martin is not an sec team, so I'm not concerned with anything I saw from them. So we'll just play FMK on the Tennessee side only. All right. So for Tennessee fluck, who am I flucking man? Tennessee's offense almost 700 total yards of offense they put up 52 points in the first half I mean you can't ask for much better than that yeah it was UT Martin UT Martin's not a bad FCS team but they are an FCS team but that's what you want to see in a game versus this kind of opponent if you're Tennessee you didn't come out slow you came out firing they were hitting deep balls running game was a little sluggish but you know, as the seconds and the threes and the depth players start to rotate in there, you saw the offense kind of slow a little bit as well. But overall, A++ plus plus performance from the Tennessee offense. A lot of people were expecting a hangover game. Man, you come out, you put 65 points up on anybody. That's a hell of a day. So I'm fucking Tennessee's offense. Marrying, who am I going to marry? Man, this coaching staff, for all of the reasons I just mentioned, this coaching staff did not let those players slump this week. They still prepped. They still were working on getting players healthy, getting uh, some depth guys in and getting getting them some quality reps didn't work out. I don't think they had the success that they really wanted to, uh, but still a really good job from this coaching staff, making sure these players are ready to play every single weekend, no matter who the opponent is. All right, so Kill, Um, sorry, it's got to be the Tennessee secondary. Man, you know, Tennessee's been really good in all phases of the game. The offense has been the star of the show, but this secondary has just got to get better. I mean, they cannot afford any more injuries. The coverage is so soft. The soft as Charmin back there. I don't care if it was UT Martin. Uh, and they have a, a pretty good quarterback and they're a good FCS team. You cannot give up 300 yards, whether it's your ones, your twos, or your threes playing. You have to be better than that. All right, moving on to the next game, Mississippi State at Alabama. Man, the tide rolled to 6 This is a little lower scoring than I anticipated, but it was a complete defensive shutdown by Alabama that has to leave Mississippi State fans, I think, wondering what the hell is happening these last two weeks. How good is the air raid offense against quality defenses? Uh, well, it's been outscored 88-39 to against LSU, Kentucky, and Alabama. So... I have some questions there. Let's go Mississippi State first. Fluck. I'm going to fluck their run defense. It was pretty good. They held Alabama to just 29 yards, I believe. So really solid day there for the Mississippi State run defense. And I'm going to marry Will Rogers. Look, he threw a ton of balls, completed about 50%. That type of offense, that's just the kind of numbers you're going to expect. He's still a really good quarterback. He's about the most consistent player you'll get in that offense or on that team. But the Alabama defense was just too good. Anyway, I would stick with Will Rogers any day of the week, though. Uh, and kill. I'm going to kill this air raid offense. Like I said, it's been outscored 88-39 against three top quality sec opponents i just think this is one of those schemes that when it gets figured out it's really tough to beat it's really tough to beat and the better teams in the sec are figuring it out they were able to take advantage of teams like arkansas and western kentucky and you know really poor quality pass defenses but when you got a good defense and dcs adjust to it man it's it's kind of ugly and it makes the rest of that offense really tough all right on the alabama side i'm going to fluck their three penalties for 20 yards and the reason being is cuz that is a monumental turnaround for this alabama team that had 17 penalties against Tennessee and they've been a highly penalized team all week so it was good to see them kind of calm down get some of their discipline back get it under control and play the game on their terms so good turnaround there Mary I'm gonna marry Bryce Young dude was phenomenal again 249 yards two TDs I mean what's not to like about the reigning Heisman champ Uh, he looked just as good as he did Uh, In the Tennessee game, I mean, not a lot to pick on there in the passing game. All right, and then I'm going to kill. I had a couple different ones on this one, but I'm going to go with the fact that Jermaine Burton played in this game. I mean, come on, Alabama. What are we doing? This guy was on video last week, unprovoked, reaching his arm out and popping a defenseless female who was not bothering him, who was walking past him. I I mean, I, I just don't know how you can defend this piece of scum. And I'm not saying kick him off the team. I'm not saying arrest him. I'm not saying put him in jail, but For Nick Saban to come out and say that he was scared, there was nobody within five yards of him. He went out of his way to approach this female and pop her in the face or the head. There's no excuse for that. It's despicable, and I don't want to hear anybody who's defending what Jermaine Burton did call any other fan or fan base or team classless that was as low class as it could get and for nick saban and and this alabama coaching staff and the administration and fans to defend his actions as he was scared well none of his other teammates were scared enough to haul off and pop defenseless females so explain that you can't it's despicable Shame on Alabama, shame on Jermaine Burton, shame on Nick Saban for not having the spine to do the right thing and suspend this player. It's disgusting. I don't have anything else to say about that. All right, let's move on to Ole Miss at LSU. I'll be honest, I thought Ole Miss would handle this game even maybe in a close one. I did not think that LSU would completely hand Old Miss its ass. And I gave Old Miss a hard time because of their soft early season schedule, but I thought they were a complete enough team to prove they belong in the SEC West discussion. Maybe them giving up a combined 62 to Vanderbilt and Auburn was a sign that it was not going to work out this way. So we'll start with Ole Miss. I'm going to fluff Malik Heath's performance, eight receptions for 145. No touchdowns, but man, that's a huge day. And in a game where they really needed some big performances there in the receiver core. And I'm going to marry Quinshawn Judkins. This dude has been rock solid all season. He's been super productive. 25 carries for 111 yards, two touchdowns. But I'm going to have to kill Ole Miss in the second half. Here's their drive summary in the second half. Punt, downs, which by the way, that downs was an interception and a touchback. Punt, downs, which was the end of the game. Dart got sacked. I'm sorry, he got sacked twice. So he got sacked on a turnover on downs and then at the end of the game got sacked again. So punt, downs, punt, downs, end of game. Interception, two sacks, just ugly. It's pretty clear that Ole Miss was taking advantage of a soft early season schedule, and they got exposed. Look, I don't know what to tell Rebels fans here. It just seems when they have to play from behind, uh, it's really tough for them to do. And and I'm not sure how well Dart played in that situation. Well, I know how he played uh, mentally. I mean, I just it doesn't seem like that team as a whole and that offense is capable of playing from behind against a quality opponent like LSU. Listen, LSU has had its down moments, but they're really starting to pick it up and put together complete games. And Ole Miss was just not capable of hanging in there. So let's go to LSU. I'm going to fluck the hell out of Jaden Daniels. 248 yards, two TDs, plus plus. 23 carries, 121 yards, plus three touchdowns. Woo! What's not to love about that? Which brings me into my Mary. I'm going to marry LSU's offensive balance. I've talked about it all season. This is a really balanced offense when it's working. They've got over 1,400 yards rushing on the season, 2135 receiving on the year. They've been super balanced in just about every game they've played, Jaden Daniels is getting the pass game going. He's doing it on the ground. This offense is looking really good. And since I have to pick something to kill, I'm going to pick the one missed field goal. And I think that's the only thing that really keeps this from being almost a perfect game for LSU. All right into my battle of the bottom game it was my game of the week Vanderbilt at Missouri this game had everything you would want in a matchup between two of the worst teams in the SEC it was low scoring but not because of good defense three missed field goals turnovers tons of punting I mean what is not to puke at so for Vanderbilt I'm going to fluck Vanderbilt recovering three fumbles. They've had a scrappy little defense. They have all year. Good for them for forcing those fumbles, or maybe not forcing, but at least recovering the fumbles. They needed that kind of effort on defense. It's just a shame they couldn't do anything with it on offense. I'm going to marry Vanderbilt giving up fewer passing yards than their season average. They gave up 122 fewer passing yards than they've been averaging all season. So kudos to them. Unfortunately, I'm going to kill everything else about this team. I mean, this was just hard football to watch. Nothing good happening offensively. They're pretty much counting on their defense just to keep them in and give them a chance. And Missouri's offense was almost equally as bad so it worked out for them. so let's look at missouri uh i'm gonna fluck the uniforms i guess i mean the uniforms are kind of cool the the gold yellow jerseys on on black pants i mean cool look slick look mary uh look they only had two penalties for 10 yards. I mean, when you're not a good offense and you're not a good defense, you have to play mistake-free football because mistakes will get you beat even by inferior teams. So good on them for, for only having two penalties, playing mostly mistake-free. I mean, they did have some fumble, so not mistake-free in that regard. But they weren't shooting themselves in the foot with you know, senseless penalties, false starts and offsides and that kind of thing. And I'm going to kill the four turnovers, Brady, Cook, this offense, and like Vanderbilt, everything else about this team. There, I just There's no offensive identity. There's no real defensive identity. They don't know what they want to do. They struggle to finish drives. They move the ball a little bit. It just doesn't end up in points. I mean, when you have missed field goals – in a game that's seven to fourteen, field goals can swing that game. Uh, I mean, both these teams. This was just brutal, brutal, brutal to watch. I don't like really anything about Vanderbilt or Missouri, but good for Missouri. They got the win. They thump Vandy down to the bottom of the SEC. And finally, Texas A&M at South Carolina. This game was so gross, I needed a shower after it was over. This was just Vandy Mizzou with different uniforms and more people watching. These team stats drip with mediocrity. And no, I'm not going to apologize for any of these statements. This is bad football. It was just higher scoring bad football than Vandy in Missouri. So Texas A&M, I'm going to fluck Devon A-Chain. He is like the one good thing about this entire team on offense. 20 carries for 99 yards plus a touchdown. If he were not there, I don't know where this team would be. I'm going to marry Jimbo Fisher's guaranteed money because... Uh, it looks like that's going to stick around for a while, and then I'm going to kill anyone who thinks Texas A&M will compete for a national championship under Jimbo Fisher. I'm also going to kill thirsty DMs from Texas A&M players. Look, I don't know if this was real. I'll link to it in the article here, but uh, a screen cap of a thirsty DM from Yule Keith Brown texting somebody in columbia south carolina saying what's up cutie what you doing today and tomorrow i'm down here in columbia marriott <laughs> trying to see you lol if that's cool just let me know if i'm pushing up or if it's good i'm just trying to see the vibes i hope it's not real but man if it is come on what is happening in that locker room you guys are 3 and 3 well now you're 3 and 4 on the season uh jimbo fisher Come on, get your guys focused to play, man. You guys aren't even going to make a bowl game at this point. Kill all of that. All right, South Carolina. I'm going to fluck Marshawn Lloyd. 18 carries for 92 yards plus two TDs. Again, I think he's probably the lone bright spot on that entire offense it's just not a good offense. Look at the stats. It just isn't. It's it's mediocre at best. I think Marshawn Lloyd is a standout player, uh, and if they didn't have him producing, I don't really know what this offense would be. I'm going to marry the raw, unbridled passion this fan base has for mediocre football. You guys are loving it, and I think that's great. Kudos to you. And then I would love to kill Shane Beamer sunglasses videos. Look. Four years from now, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida are still going to be competing for the SEC East. Shane Beamer, I'm getting the sense that he will have led the Gamecocks to like their fifth straight seven and five season, but he's going to keep making sunglasses videos and Gamecocks fans are going to be like, yeah, well, at least we have the coolest coach ever. Who cares that we're seven and five, right? Man, I just, I can't. I can't cringe any harder anytime I see Shane Beamer in another sunglasses videos. Just let it die, please. Ugh, please. All right, we're gonna close out here with my power rankings. You can check out my uh stat graphics at secrecap.com slash stats. I have conference standings, uh, win-loss streaks, points for, points allowed, uh, home away records, all of that good stuff as well as my updated power ranking. So anytime I make edits to those, those will be updated automatically there on the website, secrecap.com slash stats. So last week I had the SEC divided into tiers, into four tiers, and it was kind of based on conference record and overall record. And as the season is evolving now, my tiers are going to kind of evolve as well because you see... The wheat start to separate from the chaff. Uh, You see a handful of teams at the very top separate themselves from the middle of the pack. And you see a handful of teams at the very bottom separate themselves from the middle of the pack. There's not a whole lot of difference to me in the middle But I'm gonna start at the bottom and work my way up and I'm gonna explain each one and hopefully it makes sense why I have these teams ranked where I do. So I don't want you to get bogged down in overall records. These are SEC power rankings. So I'm really weighting SEC play more heavily into these power rankings than I am the overall record. But overall record is still important. So at the bottom, because they lost to Mizzou, is got to be Vanderbilt. They're now 0-4 in conference, 3-5 overall. I was really optimistic that Vandy could beat Mizzou. They had a good shot. They were within three points. I thought the Mizzou uh, minus 14 was way too many points, um, and so I was picking Vandy to cover that, but also to win outright. Missed there, but Vandy did make it a little interesting there toward the end. That means at number 13, I'm keeping Missouri. They beat Vandy, so they now have a conference win, but they're still just three and four overall. At the number 12 spot, I have Auburn. They were on a bye week, so I'm not really going to move them. This is where I've had them the last two or three weeks, uh, sitting right above Vandy and Missouri. They're one and three in conference, three and four overall. But adding to this fourth tier, of teams that's not scaring anybody is Texas A&M after the loss to South Carolina. That was it that was a game that Texas A&M should have won. They have a way more talented roster. They have a way more talented defense. Their offense is atrocious, yes, but athletically that's a that's a game that they should have come away with a win. They didn't. So I just don't see any team in the SEC respecting Texas A&M as a real threat. They move into the bottom tier. Now with a three and four overall record. So all four teams in this tier are sub 500 on the year and have just either one uh, or no conference wins in my third tier. I'm calling this my what you see is what you get tier and coming in at number 11. Now, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but it is the way it is, is South Carolina because the teams I have above them, Florida, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. Look, South Carolina is 5-2 and two overall, but they're 2-2 two and two in conference. They have not played Florida yet. If they play Florida and beat Florida, I have no problem moving them ahead of Florida. But they played Arkansas, and Arkansas is not a good team, and Arkansas blew them out. Uh, Mississippi State, who I have right above Arkansas, has kind of slipped a little bit, They're 2-3 and in conference, but Mississippi State blew out Arkansas. So I can't give South Carolina a lot of credit for beating a bottom-tier SEC team in Texas A&M, and I just can't give them a, a lot of credit for the Kentucky win. Yes, it was a road win. Yes, Kentucky was ranked, but they played that entire game with a backup quarterback who had never played a single snap this season. So I think if Will Levis is healthy and they play that game again, Kentucky wins and it's not even close. I know Gamecocks fans aren't going to like that, but I just can't put them above Florida until they played Florida. And I can't put them above Arkansas or Mississippi State. Uh, Arkansas because they've beaten South Carolina and Mississippi State because they beat Arkansas and have uh, a better o- conference and overall record. So at number 10 is South Carolina. Number nine is Florida. Number eight is Arkansas. And number seven, there is Mississippi state in my third tier for my second tier. I'm calling this the teams that could beat you, but could also lose by double digits because that's exactly what has happened to all of these teams at number six. I'm putting Kentucky there at the bottom of this second tier, still a good team, They could compete with you, but you could also beat them by double digits. They're two and two in conference, five and two overall, not a super impressive five and two team. At number five, Ole Miss. They're three and one in conference, seven and one overall. That LSU loss hurt, but Ole Miss still has a lot in front of them. It just doesn't seem likely that the Ole Miss-Alabama game is now going to definitively decide the West. It's appearing as though the LSU-Alabama game will be deciding the outcome of the SEC West presently. And right above Ole Miss, I'm putting LSU. I can't move LSU into that top tier because of that blowout loss they took at home to Tennessee. Um, But they are four and one in conference and they're just six and two overall. So they're on the outside looking in. I just think it's clear that the last three teams I'm going to mention here are kind of a head and shoulders above LSU. So for that second tier, number six, Kentucky, number five, Ole Miss, number four, LSU. In my top tier, my first tier, these are the elite teams in the SEC and nothing's really changed here over the last week or two. At the number three spot, Alabama, they're four and one in conference, seven and one overall. They've got the SEC West directly in front of them. A win over LSU all but guarantees they're going to Atlanta for the title game. Number two, I've got Georgia. Look, they didn't play this week, so I can't really move them up or down. They stay undefeated, 4-0 in conference, 7-0 overall, which brings me to my number one for the third week in a row, the Tennessee Vols. They played uh, an FCS opponent in UT Martin for their homecoming. It was a blowout win. Again, you can't really drop a team for winning by 40-something points uh, no matter how good we think Georgia or Alabama are, Tennessee's beat Alabama, so they got the edge there. And two weeks from now, we'll get to see Tennessee Georgia play. So we'll we'll have a far more definitive standing in these power rankings that will probably solidify the top three or four heading into the rest of the season. While that middle of the bunch really kind of all jockeys for, uh middle of the pack there Tennessee 3-0 in conference 7-0 overall so there are my power rankings from bottom to top again Vanderbilt Missouri Auburn Texas A&M South Carolina Florida Arkansas Mississippi State Kentucky Ole Miss LSU Alabama Georgia and Tennessee that's gonna do it for today's show thank you for listening to the sec recap podcast guys please don't forget like share subscribe if you're on youtube smash that thumbs up subscribe to the channel go rate and review the podcast so we can keep bringing you content every week have a great week i'll see you again for our game of the week episode visit secrecap.com and give us a follow on twitter at secrecap And as always, it's great to be in the SEC.